Hi there. You're listening to 26 and Sunny, a podcast to help you buy, sell and live well on Sydney's northern beaches. Here are your hosts, Beaches Buyers Agent Nick Freeman and local mortgage broker Kat Denny. Hello and welcome back to the 26 and Sunny podcast where we bring you local views on property and life on the northern beaches. I am Kat Denny and I am joined by my co-host Nick Freeman. Nick, how are you on this windy day? Kat, very well, thank you. How are you? Have you recovered from your Melbourne Cup festivities? <laughs> I'm feeling okay. I had a lovely, lovely lunch yesterday up in Avalon, Melbourne Cup lunch. It was invited up there with Amy Young, actually, who's a guest on the podcast later this season and got to hang out with the Lang and um, Simmons real estate team up there. So it was pretty nice. And I came third in the sweeps. So I took home a nice bottle of champagne. So no complaints. Well done. Well yeah. done. Did you celebrate? I did nothing. I worked due diligence. So no, I stayed well away from festivities yesterday and I'm feeling great today. <laughs> Smugly terrific. I love it. <laughs> so Nick, today on the podcast, we are taking a look at Curl Curl and North Curl Curl. And we've got a chat lined up with Rob Killian from Bell Property. It's a market that both you and I know very well, of course, Nick. But before we chat about Curly, I thought you might be able to give us a bit of an overview of what's happening in the market at the moment, particularly around auction clearance rates. Happy to. So obviously, as, as we can gather, we're sort of at the end of October, the start of November, which is bang in the middle of spring selling season or, or spring campaigns for a lot of the agents. With the markets recently, obviously, you know, we talk about this a fair bit with the auction clearance rates and, you know, the mood in the market and the sentiment of going up and going down. The the week ending in October, Sydney's auction clearance rate rose from 65% to just under 68%, and that was representing 323 auctions. On our beloved northern beaches, the market rose from a pretty flat last week of 50.9% to just under 76% for the same period, and that represented 27 auctions. Now, this being the last week of October and November, I think it's a reflection of the spring market. And with the additional stock and buyers looking to sort of transact prior to Christmas, I think that's where we, uh, we're seeing these levels rise. Yeah, interesting. Were any of those sales, given we're chatting about Curly and, and North Curly today, were any of those auctions or sales in that particular market? Look, I didn't attend any that were in that market. And according to Square Meter Research, there were no properties that transacted under auction conditions in North Curl Curl or Curl Curl through that sort of period. There are a couple scheduled okay. for the first couple of weeks of November. I would imagine that quite a few vendors would be looking to uh, to sell prior to Christmas. There have been some sales completed before and after auctions. Some have actually passed in around the areas and they've, they've got the deal done after. But at the moment, we're, we're still waiting for the auctions to, to sort of kick off. Yeah, it's interesting. You're definitely chatting to agents around the place, get the sense that stock is limited and but you know, as you say, there's always that pre-Christmas kind of movement that happens. Everyone likes to get things done by Christmas. And if they want to be in by Christmas, they need to be getting onto it pretty soon. Yeah, what about four, four six or, or eight week sort of yeah. settlements? Yeah. And, and the selling campaign. Yeah. What about prices in Curly, North Curly? Um, where are the averages sitting? So according to CoreLogic, now these are median sales prices. So, you know, they, they take an overview of five bedroom houses on cliffs and two bedroom houses that need to be knocked down and everywhere in between. The median price for the curl curl market sits at about $3.9 million and for a unit in the curl curl area or the curl curl basin sits at about one6 North curl curl a little bit cheaper at $3.5 million and for a unit about $1.3 million. Interesting. Do you think that's like the difference in price between the two 
like we've lumped cocoa north cocoa into the same episode today and we're sort of chatting about them as, as quite a similar market and there are lots of similarities but i guess that difference in price is that you know i guess it's well there's less there's less dwellings in cocoa compared to north cocoa so less choice and is it also is curly sort of a slightly more desirable market than north curly or i think with cocoa and north cocoa it's like the i mean we talk about the regentrifying on this podcast a lot but it boils down to you've got a main epicenter being manly for for our surroundings and then obviously Mm. when people get priced out of manly they sort of ripple effect and they mm. come out of the the base the manly base and they get into freshwater yeah the freshwater's had that obviously we've seen massive gains in mm. freshwater freshwater you can't afford fresh anymore where do you go you end up in curl curl and then subsequently north curl curl so look I, I think as we as the sydney push basin pushes out and as the northern beaches you know prime property pushes out then you see these north curl will become very expensive over time DY will then subsequently become more, and you know, all of a sudden, all these pockets will become super expensive, like this and suburbs. Yeah, and I mean, look at a median price of three point five for a home; it's no drop in the ocean at North Curly. And look, they are big prices, and I guess that's we are talking predominantly family homes in the area. I think I grabbed the data off the two thousand and twenty one census, and both suburbs are predominantly family based. The average age or the median age is forty, and the biggest cohorts are between the ages of ten and nineteen and 45 and 54. So kind of that slightly sort of primary school, high school age-based families, sort of slightly older families. Um, and like 73% of the, the homes in North Curl are households that are made up of parents and children, whether they're single parents or coupled. Um, they're both in that group. Curl Curl's a bit less. It's got 66% of homes have children um, in them. So, which I think, you know, there is there's a bit more apartment stock in, in Curl Curl um, and possibly, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe some more empty nesters or, or downsizers or what have you. So, yeah, interesting facts with the Curl Curl and North Curl Curl market. Over both, there are 2,211 dwellings or properties, 821 in Curl Curl and 1,390 in the North Curl Curl. In the Curl Curl area, 75% of dwellings are houses and around 24% are apartments. Now, I know that doesn't add up to 100%. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, we're going off data too, so there's another 1% somewhere that disappears into other. The other, which box. I can, the other yeah. box, which I can't explain. In the North Curl Curl, 89% of houses and 11% of apartments or town of houses. 40% of the people own their homes outright. 40% have mortgages, I'm in that box, and 20% are renting. For those with a mortgage, the median monthly repayments are 3775 bucks for Curl Curl and 4000 for North Curl Curl, which is interesting con- considering that the uh, the values are actually switched. Yeah, interesting. I think th- that data is the 2021 census data, so no doubt with the RBA happily raising rates these past months. Um, I reckon those mortgage payments would have been going up steadily. Moving on to the episode that we've got today, and that is our interview with Rob Killian from Bell Property. And we are chatting with him about the Cocoa and North Cocoa markets, those sister suburbs that are nestled between Freshwater and DY. Quick intro on Rob. He is Bell Property's expert when it comes to all things curly. It's the primary focus of his real estate offering, and so it's not surprising that he knows a lot about the market. He not only achieves excellent results for his clients, but he's a recognised member of the local community, thanks to his active involvement in the local school and other parts of the community. Rob's got an interesting career background, having made the move into real estate from government and corporate sectors, where he was, amongst other things, a decorated New South Wales police detective. 
little known fact about Rob. Right. Well, you know, dealing with Rob in the future, I will take note of that. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Let's jump into the interview with Rob and find out a little more. Today we have Rob Killian, real estate agent with Bell Property Manly. Rob is the area specialist for Curl and North Curl. Rob, thanks for taking time out of your busy spring market schedule and welcome to 26 and Sunny. My pleasure, Kat. Now, before we get into our discussion about the Curl Curl markets, I want to hit you up with our fast five questions. It's our way of getting to know you a little better before we get into things. You ready? Yes, ready. Okay. So, Insula, Peninsula or out-of-towner? Out of town, but I have been here 25 years. I think that almost qualifies you then as, well, I don't know. Mick, does that mean he's in Tiller Peninsula? Well, I think seven years gets you a, a local in New York, so I think 20-plus years in the, on the beaches classifies. You're okay. There you go. Thank favourite you. beach on the peninsula? I should say North Curl, but really South Stain is my favourite. South Stain. It's, um, it's just gorgeous down there, swimming across the Shelley Beach. Can't get any better. Nice one. Favourite restaurant, cafe, takeaway or pub? A bit of a hardboard diggers, tragic. I think Teddy Larkins is fantastic. Aquafresca by Pure, love it in there. It's just an easy place to catch up with friends and it's nice and central. So, hardboard diggers. Love it. Go to coffee spot. Curly's on the corner at North Coco. Yeah, you're a fan. <laughs> and lucky last question, what is your like secret spot or the locals only insight that you're willing to share? I don't really have any locals only, but look, there's plenty of really nice spots uh, on pit water, I think uh, taking the kids out on the boat, little runabout, and just finding one of those little beaches on pit water, they're yours for the day or for a few hours. So I think that's what I would say as a locals only preference. I've never done that. I'll have to give it a go. Come out with me. There you go. <laughs> boat offer. Love it. Bring the kids. All right. So I'm going to hand over to Nick. Rob, well, thanks for joining us. For people who aren't really familiar with the Curly and the North Curl Curl area, can you sort of give us a little bit of an overview of the two suburbs and sort of help us understand what the differences are from each other? Well, they're separated by Curly Lagoon, of course, and Curly has the Freshwater Postcode 2096 and North Curly has the DY Postcode 2099. I suppose the Lagoon, if we look at the area in school catchment zones, so if you look at North Curly school, the catchment zone extends for a few streets at the top of DY, you quirk, you can go, and then I suppose Sturgis and Stewart, parts of Adams Street, coming to the North Curley School catchment. So Curl Curl itself is a fairly small suburb compared to North Curley, but combined you're looking around 2,000 properties in the combined area. Um, you know, parts of Curley pick up harbour school catchment. So I talk about it in school catchments because, again, you've got lots of families in the area um, what school do your kids go to? Who do they play soccer for? Who do they play netball for? You're separated by the lagoon, but we share the one fantastic beach. Along with your school catchment areas, I mean, Curl Curl North Public School had a, was it a $41 million upgrade in the last couple of years? Have you, have you seen? Yeah, it was something like that. I don't know, it was over $40 million, But um, look, the school's always had a fantastic reputation of having that sort of country feel on the beaches. The school had a fantastic reputation, I suppose, from the teaching staff, uh, the sense of community, so it always had that. But the reality of it was the old buildings were pretty tired. Our facilities weren't up to standard by any stretch of the imagination. I suppose there was a degree of sadness when um, some old school curly people saw the old school get demolished, and yep. I understand that. But um, the state of the art, the facilities there now are as good as any school I've seen, um, including some private schools. So the facilities are fantastic, and that certainly brought the standard of the facilities up to, the, I suppose, the standard of the teaching staff 
that was already there. Rob, you rightly point out the schools in the area. We've also got St Luke's Grammar up on the hill. Um, you've got Manly Selective, you've got Freshie High. It's a really good offering. Apart from the schools, what else do you think draws people to the Curly North Curly area? One of the big differentiators is our beach, um, of course, of course. It's not your traditional, um, I suppose, commercialised beach strip that's common all over beaches around the country. You know, Bondi, for example, has that traditional strip. Manly Beach, which I love, but it still has the, the strip, if you like, restaurants, cafes, cars zooming up and down. Curly doesn't have that. I mean, we've got a dog park and a walking track, um, a pretty spectacular one at that. Um, the locals are fiercely protective of that. Um, and again, it's what gives our beach its charm. Um, you know, the dunes over the years have been carefully looked after. They're in fantastic condition. Um, you know, if you want to have a coffee on Curly Beach, you can go to one of the surf clubs and have a coffee. Uh, and that's about it. So I think the fact that it is more old school is part of the attraction. If I, you know, we sell properties for a living, um, our buyer demographic are families. It's a traditional family. Once, Kat, you asked me before, what's your typical buyer? It's a young couple in their maybe late 30s, early 40s with three or four kids. So again, the beach and the beach lifestyle and the fact that we're not particularly commercialised. If you want to go out for dinner, head over the hill to DUI Strip, head down to Freshie or Manly, but Curly, Curly's a bit more old school. I think that's what people love. I do. I love the fact you can walk down the middle of the street in Curly on a Saturday or a Sunday and, like, not see a car. <laughs> it's terrific. Exactly. Um, Curly and North Curly, notoriously difficult to get into. Why do you think that is? Once you're here, where would you go? <laughs> and, look, that I say that off the cuff, but it, it actually plays out in real life. Curly, for example, North Curly, are really only 40-odd properties, 40, 50 properties a year hit the market in North Curl Curl, um, and a lot of those are circumstantial sellers. Now, that may well be a deceased estate. It may well be a, a marriage separation, as difficult that is that is to talk about. Um, you know, so circumstantial sellers that are selling because they have to. And then from time to time, we have people that are simply looking to upgrade. You know, it's no coincidence if we list a property up on the headland on one of the premium streets, whether it be a Molong or a Sonova or an Ian Avenue, I always warn our vendors that three quarters of our buyers will come from North Coco, from the other side of Griffin Road. So again, there's always a little bit of manoeuvring around being in a slightly better spot. And then that, of course, you know, the pressure from out of town buyers. So you've got your North Shore, your Eastern Suburbs, all over town wanting to be in our little pocket. And there's notoriously low stock. Um, that's certainly been the case for the past six or seven years that I've specialised in the area, uh, and I don't see it changing. Um, again, once you're here, you'll see a lot of properties being knocked down and, and rebuilt, a lot of renovations, because, again, and there are probably five or six different pockets of North Curley, two or three pockets of Curley, where buyers specifically want to be. You know, one of those areas, for example, might be behind the school in that pocket, this Ross Street and Jamison Street and Spring Road. There are just buyers that know exactly where they want to be for whatever reason. So, yeah, very hard to get into. Um, once you're here, you don't want to leave. Um, and I suppose there's the out-of-town influence, the circumstantial buyers, of course, and then those, I suppose, looking to trade up. I think, Rob, you once told me in a, in a separate conversation about the transfer of property between generations in families. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think if you, you know, as an agent and we look on something like RP Data, which is, you know, one of our little Bibles and what properties have traded, in North Curley there's always between 10 and 20 properties per year that trade with a, a zero or one dollar transfer and that's essentially the property just trading between family and that that hasn't changed that's always been the case and that's where you get those multi-generational north curly people i've got plenty of friends that 
were born in North Curley and they're not going anywhere. So again, when we look at the properties that actually come on the market, um, a lot of them just stay within the family. Yeah, I mean, funny you should mention that. I, I'm a North Curley stalwart, like I think a few of us are on this podcast, but um, I bought mine from uh, a resident in the street who had inherited it off his parents and he actually grew up in the house. And so they he, he lived there with his parents, he was there, and his, his kids or subsequently the grandkids had all lived in the same house before I, I bought it off them. So, I mean, your point's valid. It's very true. Mm. And even people coming back, we, we listed a property a few years ago up on Ian Avenue, and it was a particularly good spot. And I remember saying to the vendors, whoever buys your place will understand and appreciate just what a good spot it is. Um, I don't think they believed me, but in any case, we, we digress. The guy that bought it um, grew up in the street and he left when he was about six or seven years old, had a fabulous house in Seaforth. Um, and then what I didn't realise that, you know, that he grew up in the street up until the age of six. And uh, it was his position, as much as he loved all the other suburbs that he lived in, he said, I was always coming home to North Curley. So even people that have lived here and then they leave for whatever reason, um, they ultimately come back. So you've got that as well, which I don't think people talk about very much. Speaking of Ian Street and Molong Street, and you touched on that higher end of the market, there is a really, really high end market in Curl Curl, North Curl Curl. Can you tell us a bit about that? Where is it? What sort of prices are these properties going for? Who's buying them? Yes, I mean, look, on the premium streets, I mean, we've had a few sales, um, well, two sales on Molong in the last year or two where we've essentially sold knockdowns that have gone on for the, the low to mid sixes you know, finished products in the sevens and eights. We've just had one in the last 12 months at 8 million um, on Ian Avenue, but not on the ocean side. You know, a lot of those ultra-premium properties certainly haven't hit the market in any recent memory. So Sonova, for example, um, I think the last property sale in Sonova was one that we sold about six years ago um, for an older property on a big block. So there's a lot of properties on the cliff front. There's a lot of properties on places like Sonova that simply haven't come to market for a long time. Um, We've certainly got an idea of what they're worth. I know that behind the scenes there's often buyers from out of town throwing some numbers around or asking us to approach some vendors and the vendors have politely said thanks but no thanks. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of that. But uh, in terms of who those buyers are, it's interesting. It's it's a combination. It's, it's certainly a combination of what we've spoken about previously. Um, someone that's already in Curly, North Curly, Freshwater, they really want to be up in a premium spot. So they're trading up. We see a lot of that. Um, in fact, we had a recent auction on Molong. Um, we had a monstrous campaign. People from all over Sydney came. But uh, the final two people bidding at the auction were people from North Coco. So, again, the locals um, trading up, for want of a better term, to, to those premium spots. Other people, other areas of the northern beaches, I mean, they, under, they understand that. Just a lot of a cross-section of society, really, but the, the common denominator there is there's some really successful business people that have purchased in that area and they're always looking. So, you know, CEOs that like wearing board shorts, essentially. <laughs> Good combination. I had a phone call recently from a lady in uh, Silicon Valley. She was doing really, really well at a tech company. She'd been at Silicon Valley for 20 years. And I said to her, you must have a connection with Curly or North Curly for the questions you're asking. And she said, yeah, I grew up there and that's where I'm coming home to. So she wasn't coming home anytime soon, but when she does, that's where she's going. And she's been very, very successful. So... Yeah, it, I think once the people have lived in that suburb, it stays in their hearts. Well, I know a good buyer's agent you can refer her to if she's in the market <laughs> for one. She probably doesn't need a mortgage broker. There no. you go. <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned that, Rob. I actually, when I was a kid, used to drive around here, and I'm talking 21 or 22, and I actually picked the street that we currently live in as to where I was going to buy, and that was 15, 16 years ago I was doing that. 
So it's funny that you still nominate North Kirkall as the place you want to end up, and it's amazing how people just strive to get back in this area. And that's just being biased, but I'm, 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 I'm one of your stories, I think. Well, look, we often talk about the eastern suburbs and the influence of buyers from the eastern suburbs that comes over to, to Freshwater Kirkall, North Kirkall. And that's always true, of course, but I think during the second COVID lockdown, we were selling three out of 10 properties to people from the eastern suburbs, whereas that's traditionally one in 20. Um, but what I noticed was, and the way I've noticed is just through open homes and chatting to people, is often the buyer from the eastern suburbs will go to Freshwater because their friends have told them you need to go and have a look at Freshwater. They'll look at a lot of property in Freshwater and they'll get a feel for it and they'll love the school and they'll love whatever else. And then I think after a couple of open homes, they realise that 2096 includes Coco. So then they'll start looking at properties in Coco, And then they'll start to understand that parts of Coco has North Curly as the school. And next thing you know, they're looking at properties in North Coco. So in terms of a, a market per se for the eastern suburbs buyer, they traditionally are attracted to Freshie because that's what they know and that's what they've been told about. And then after they've had a few open homes and they've been looking for a few weeks, ostensibly they have that whole pocket of North Curly, Curly, Freshie becomes their little target area. And I know, Kat, we talked a bit about the school earlier. There's no question I spent just as much time at open homes talking about the property as I do about the schools, um, yeah. whether it be some of those really good Catholic public schools in Freshie, St Luke's, Pitwater House, you know, even other schools further up, you know, Marta Maria's and whatever else. We're so blessed to have such good schools. And when you're selling properties to families, that's critical, just to have the good schools. It's funny, Rob, you just described my exact progression from wasn't the eastern suburbs, it was the lower North Shore, but Freshwater, Coco, North Coco, ended up at the top of DY, but it's as you get to know the, the suburbs and explore. Yeah. In terms of, so obviously there's that premium market, you're talking about sort of six, $8 million price tags. For those of us that can't afford that, whereabouts in the suburbs do you see better value, shall we call it? It's still expensive, let's be honest. And what sort of prices like is an average family home going for? I think I think if we simply said that the further west you travel in North Kirkall, the better value you're going to get, that would probably be a little bit of a mistake um, because I think particularly, you know, we've just had some sales down the western end of Headland Road, for example, um, that around the, you know, around the five and above $5 million um, because their aspect is just so fantastic. You know, they're great blocks, great properties, fantastic aspect, distant views. So, it's not, it's not a matter of that. I think we've, we've got some smaller blocks. You know, there are some blocks in the suburb, you know, 350-odd square metres on some of the blocks. Um, of course, they'll always be a little bit less expensive. I know that if you're on one of the more busy streets, um, you'll get a slight, a slight price decrease. But I think realistically, it always comes back to sunlight aspects and just ease of livability. If you're somewhere that's a short walk to a bus stop, short walk to a point of interest... Uh, whether it gets great light, good sun. I mean, they're, they're still, I mean, in real estate, it's all about sun and light and aspect. And, you know, I think in terms of getting into our suburb, whenever a property that's got fantastic aspect comes on board, we, we just get inundated with, with inquiry. Um, but, you know, I think we're still not, entry level still not three million. Um, it's still in the twos. It's still in the twos. And certainly since uh, we've had some interest rate increases in recent times and we've seen a decrease in property. Across Curly, North Curly, that's generally around you know, 5 to 10%. But having said that, the market above $6 million is pretty much untouched. Um, and again, those properties that have got fantastic aspect that are really well built. Um, there's a number of properties that really haven't come off much at all because they're just a very good property in any market. I think value for money, that's what ultimately people are looking for. What, what are the must-haves? What are the nice-to-haves? And what are the I don't really care about? And then, and then just seek value for money. But every buyer in the market, regardless, is always looking for, 
for good value. And for us, um, you know, there's still there's still properties in the twos, two and a halves, high twos, but it doesn't take much to get up into the threes and fours, as you know. So, Rob, I, I guess the market's turned a fair bit since its peak in sort of October, November last year. What are you seeing with the stock levels and what are you seeing with the numbers going on? Oh, look, we're always complaining there's never enough stock in Curly and North Curly, and that's historically always been the case. There was a stat that came out this morning, actually, that said our listings are down on the Northern Beaches, so that's across all of the Northern Beaches, are down 34% on last year. So, again, that's just exacerbated a problem that we see as agents where we just wish we had more stock. Um, I don't see that changing anytime soon. One of the things that does happen in our area, we saw it particularly during the first COVID lockdown, um, less so in the second COVID lockdown, whenever there's any uncertainty in our market, particularly on the Northern Beaches, I suppose the locals just batten down the hatches and, and ride it out. So, yeah, we're down 34% on last year, and last year wasn't particularly high. So, um, yeah, we'll just wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting... I do obviously do a lot of open homes and I see a lot of agents and everyone's saying the same thing, you know, transactions are down, but stock levels are down and good stock levels are down as well. So there are still plenty of buyers out there that are looking for the homes that they can move into and they're just not coming to market, to your point. That's right. So, Rob, like our Fast Five, we always ask the same question to our special guests for the afternoon. 26 and sunny, it's pretty perfect on the northern beaches. Can you describe your idea of the perfect day? My, my idea of the perfect day is one that's not scripted. Um, I think the best days we have are those days where you get up without a hell of a lot of plans. You may get a phone call from a friend. You may find yourself somewhere you didn't expect to be and then you just roll with it. So whether that means you're down at the beach going for a swim, you, whatever it is you're doing, I think my favourite days on the northern beaches are the unscripted days. Um, it's not the kind of place you can sit around and do nothing. Um, so my favourite day are the unscripted days where... You'll be at the beach, you'll be in the water somewhere, you'll be out going for a walk, you'll be with the dog, you'll be with the kids, and the day just evolves as it goes on. Um, they're my favourite days. Yeah, well done. Thank you, Rob. We've really loved chatting with you today. Thank you. So, guys, pleasure. Thanks, Rob. There is just something about Curly that gets you in, isn't there, Nick? Uh, Kat, I'm speaking from experience. There is no better place on earth than living in Curl Curl and North Curl Curl. You're a lucky man. Now, if you want to get in touch with Rob, check out the show notes where we provide links to his details. We've also got a link to the blog interview with him. Until next time, bye for now. Oh, and before you go, we can't forget to remind you of the boring but important stuff. Everything discussed on the 26 and Sunny podcast is general in nature and does not take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. It does not constitute legal, tax, financial or real estate advice and you should always seek professional advice in relation to your individual circumstances. Catherine Denny is an authorised credit representative, number 528214, under Connective Credit Services, ACL, number 389328. Nick Freeman is a licensed real estate agent, number 20357093, and a licensed builder, number 362307C. Thanks for listening to 26 and Sunny. For more info, head to 26andsunny.net.au, where you'll find show notes and handy links. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Facebook for updates and the latest episodes.